It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. For the last time at the uh, 400 Market WIP studios, uh, we are ascending to different locations here. Different equipment. Uh, I don't know about different vibe. Probably the same vibe, but uh, hopefully we'll all sound a lot better. That's the goal here. Welcome in to Go Birds number 166. John Bartit along with, uh, what's your name again? James Seltzer. That's oh, that's right. it, I forget. yeah. yeah. Haven't been around here in, in, in a while. <laughs> uh, and of course, the one I'm just and the here only, every day. We uh, we got to see him uh, briefly on Skype camera. His hair does look good. He does not have traditional headphones in, and that's why we love him, Mister Elliot Shore Parks. Elliot, what's up, buddy? Never with the traditional headphones, either <laughs> behind the head or just the AirPods. The only way to do it. <laughs> uh, there has been a. Um, it's been quite a few names now uh, being mentioned with uh, Eagles and offensive coordinator and a whole bunch of other. You know, the things that have been happening between the league, uh, obviously the the bigger news is Corey Unlin leaving for uh, Detroit. That happened this week to be their defensive coordinator. I, I just look at what's in front of the Eagles, and certainly uh, there was another name that got mentioned in the offensive coordinator's position from today from uh, Tom Pelsaro, which we'll, we'll certainly get into. But when I look at this team, James, and what it's got to do, the, the work it has to do in the offseason, I'm not saying they can't do it. But it's. I think we've tried to hit the nail on what's the the biggest offseason for Carson, Howie, and Doug. I think we've hit it, uh, and there's a lot of work to do. I don't see this team really trending up at the moment, heading into the offseason. I'm sure we'll talk ourselves into a thousand different picks and signings and whatever, but I don't think this team is is trending upwards. I just think it's got a lot of work to do, and and I don't know which way it's going to go. Well, look, I think that. The way the NFL is now, and we saw it with this Eagles team going from 7-9 and nine to a Super Bowl champion in a year. We saw a Niners team be horrible last year, yep. be potentially a Super Bowl favorite right now, along with the Chiefs. It can change in a hurry in the NFL, and I know at least you know you and I believe in Carson Wentz long term. If you believe in Carson Wentz, if you believe in Doug Peterson, those are the two most important people to believe that this franchise can move forward. Now, obviously, Howie 
We have less confidence, I would say, than we used to in Howie Roseman. He, I, I would say of all those people, it's the biggest offseason for Howie Roseman that he has had. But I, look, I'm nervous. There are a lot of holes. I don't think this team as currently comprised is, is special. But a lot can change in one offseason in the NFL. So there is a lot to do, but I'm I'm not ready to say that they're trending down or anything like that because I believe in the quarterback and I believe in the coach. And, and Elliot, like I, I look at, I mean, we've talked about Alshon a lot. Um, Jenkins in his contract situation, I'm not sure what's going on there. McLeod, Darby, just in the the free agents, and whether replacing them, holding on to them, and, and all that. I know you had a great article this week, which we'll certainly go into those things, but now they've got to find an OC, the quarterback coach, a DB coach, all these other different things. Just seems like it keeps adding up and adding up. Where do you, where do you stand on them trending up or down heading into the offseason? So I don't know if they're they're definitely not trending down. I don't think that's the case. The way the season ended with Carson, I mean, if again, if you would have asked me after their first loss to the Seahawks, I would have said they were trending down because Carson was such a mess at that point and he was playing so poorly. But as James said, this really just all revolves around Doug and Carson. And I have a hard time saying a team with Carson as the quarterback and Doug as the head coach is trending down. Um, I don't know if it's trending up simply because of all the changes that's going to have to take place. But when you talk about whether or not this is the biggest offseason for Howie, it's it's up there. But I think one of the reasons is not so much like he doesn't have to make moves to win right now. This, this I don't think that's why it's a big uh, offseason for him. I think it's a big offseason because he has $45 million in cap space and 10 draft picks to work with. Like yeah. He is going to make decisions this offseason that will shape the future of this franchise for the next two to three years, which is a long time in the NFL. So I, I don't think the window is closing on the Eagles. I think actually it's a new window and it's just starting and it's, it's wide open. But the moves Howie makes will decide how long this new window is open. Yeah, yeah like this is finally the year when the Super Bowl seems forever ago uh, at, at this point. And it kind of felt that way during the season too. I mean, when I'm sitting there crying, well, crying, whining, because uh, we save, we save the, the cries only for when players go down on season-ending <laughs> injuries, y'all. Uh, but I, I, I'm there after that Minnesota game. I, I said the same thing there. You know, like th- this team it needs a, a – I, I don't want I, – I, just like you guys are saying, this is not a complete rebuild. As long as Carson and Doug here, this team is always going to be competitive in the playoff hunt, whatever. But we want this team to be great for Carson – in the prime of his you know, career here. Uh, I think they're two years behind in doing that. I think they won the Super Bowl. We've all been through, you know, did it help hold them back with development, but it also held them back from young playmakers being with Carson Wentz still attached here. Um, I, I think it is the most crucial part for not only Howie, but for, like, is this team going to have a chance at sustainability or not? And that's where it's at right now, because I think they're, well, they're so trading in a direction of going the opposite way. Yeah, so here's where I would disagree with you. I, I think the Eagles, as currently constructed, assuming Malcolm, like let's say Malcolm and Rodney McLeod are back, and that I guess is not as currently constructed, but the roster that played against the Seahawks, if Carson is healthy that day, that current roster is at least a nine-win team. And if you're a nine-win team, nine to ten-win team in the NFL, you're 
probably going to make the playoffs have a pretty good shot. So they're they're contenders right now in a lot of ways. The only difference is whether or not they can make those few moves that takes them from a 9 and 10 win team all consistently to an 11 or 12 win team. And I don't know if the moves you'll make like I don't want Howie making moves this offseason with 2020 in mind. I want him making moves with like 21 2021 and 2022 in mind. I want them to go young. I would rather start Greg Ward and what was his name? Rob Davis, that guy they brought at the yes. last second. Like, <laughs> yes. I, I would rather start those two guys at receiver than bring back Alshon or honestly even maybe Deshaun Jackson. Like, I have no interest in bringing back any older player. I want all young guys. I want Carson the center of the offense, and I want to build around him. But the good news is, Doug and Carson, put your put your floor at like nine wins. So you're starting from there. It's just a matter of whether you can build up. I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I would not take Bob Davis over to Sean Jackson. Nope. And, and look, I, <laughs> I, I, I agree with the heart of what you're saying. I do want them to get young. I want, uh, like you said, an infusion of young talent that they can grow with that we're talking about 2021, 2022 and beyond. We need more pieces like the Dallas Goddards, the what we hope Dillard is, what we believe Sanders is. We need more of those young guys on cheap contracts, who are going to be here for a while. I totally agree with that. I do think, though, you can't just go all young. I mean, even how he said it, you need some veteran presence. And you'll have that no matter what. There are guys who are going to be back. But um, I do think one thing that, talking about the Carson Doug of it all, and why I do feel like I'm more optimistic, certainly, than you, John, is also, like, not only do I believe in Carson, but this is the first offseason that Carson is going to have since the offseason before 2017 to just focus on football, to not be hurt, to not be worrying about his back, about his knee, about Nick Foles, about the Super Bowl, about all this stuff. This is the first offseason where Carson Wentz is coming off a great stretch, and granted, you know, we all know it didn't end the way we wanted to, but he's okay. There's not a career-threatening type of thing. It's not even an offseason threatening type of injury. He can finally focus on just getting better this offseason. We saw what happened the one offseason he's had to do that he took a huge leap into 2017 and you added the confidence that grew over the end of the season I feel so good about Carson Wentz into this offseason and moving forward that I do think as Elliot says with him and Doug I mean your floor is high with those two guys and we have seen that granted how he has made some mistakes the last couple years but how he's not an idiot I think a lot of us as much as we're down on Howie, we still would say he's in the top third of general managers in football and probably even better than that, you still have to believe that Howie can go out and add to this group. The the key, as Elliot hinted at, the key is he's got to hit on these draft picks. He's got to get let some let young let guys in clarify, here for a longer period of time. Let me just clarify something really quick. Obviously, Deshaun Jackson is better than Rob Davis. My, my point was more so just, I just want to go with young guys, period. That's what I want to do. Like, I would rather... Just play with those with young guys. Now, Rob Davis is not who they're going to bring back. He's not going to be playing for them. But like, I would rather start Greg Ward, um, a, like Robbie Anderson, and a first or second round receiver than I would depend on these older guys again. Like, we've seen what the older guys are going to get you. And I also think it's just about like making it all about Carson. And that's not an anti Deshaun point. It's just like Deshaun, Alshon, and Aguilar had their chance. That was last year. It didn't work out. And to John, I think one thing that would kind of ease your concerns a little bit about the future is I think last year showed that the Eagles franchise is just operating at a higher level than most other NFL teams. Like last year, they got tons of injuries, tons of things didn't go their way. They played sloppy football. They looked bad at times. Carson was abysmal most of the year and they still probably should have won that playoff game if Carson's healthy. So I I think that like, 
the, the whole concept of where this team is going, as long as they have the power structure of Jeffrey Laurie, Howie, Doug, and Carson, they're always going to be contenders, period. They just always will be. I, I agree, but I don't want this to turn into the Seahawks light show. Like, I look at how offenses operate that are either still in the offense or just clearly much better, even even with Dallas, even looking at the Ravens, looking at the Titans, looking at the Chiefs, looking at a whole bunch of other different places and, and how it's supposed to look. You know, like I, I'm with you with Doug and Carson. You you'll always be contenders there, but to look like that day in and day out, and and to get rid of, you know, the slow starts that have that have held them back for so long, to have uh, an offense that we're not sitting here and going like, I don't care what you do, you can run the ball, you can throw the ball, you can do whatever you want because you can't stop us. That is an element that has been missing for the last two years, and that needs to be solved. And I know that everybody just goes, oh, it's because they don't have fresh eyes and it's offensive coordinator and whatever. No, it's because of the talent that they don't have on the field. And to you guys, both of you, I, I'm in the middle of you two when it comes to, to the older players. I would lean younger and athletic rather than production, older, or well, I any would of too. those things. That's what I said. Season. I want yeah, young absolutely. players too. I don't, I don't think Elliot and I are that far off. On that, I, yeah. I just think you have to have a few veteran players. You can't have a team made up only of young players. But I want them to go young too. I, I don't, I don't know any Eagles fan who doesn't in my mind. I mean, or I, I don't know any Eagles fan who shouldn't yeah. want them to go young. They, well, they absolutely have to get young. Also, also, I would say that my mindset for this offseason, if I'm Howie Roseman, is I want to go like full Oakland Raiders. Just sign the fastest people. I don't want to hear about, like, this guy's 40 time wasn't that fast, but he actually creates a lot of separation at the line. Like, this guy, you know, is a great route runner, so he actually can be a deep threat. Like, no. I want fast guys, and then I'll let Doug and Carson figure it out. When you talk about young guys, like, I want this just like just draft like the three fastest players in in the in the 2020 combine and just see what happens like i, I want to see this team just get a ton of speed because when i watch the chiefs right and i know tyree kill is a obviously in a league of his own in a lot of ways but just they just have f- flat out fast receivers and they just figure it out from there because they have a really good quarterback now wentz is not patrick mahomes but like i want to see just a ton of speed put around him uh okay I'm gonna I'm gonna do you are you familiar with the name uh, Jalen Rager he's the the kid from TCU that everybody's talking about blazingly fast speed a, a phenomenal punt returner uh, doesn't know the route tree that well etc but it's just blazing fast so you're talking about guys like that right yeah so, just literally guys that are that are super fast that's it all that's right. all I want let me let me read you his uh, draft profile. Flat out fast has run by, you know, speed on the go routes. And, and this is all coming from NFL.com, by the way. Uh, you know, it, it tops against the, the corners who overestimate uh, his acceleration. Saw 36% of his catches go for 25 plus yards over the past two seasons. Ball skills and eye coordination are substantially better uh, down the field than on short routes. Finds a deep throw on and on and on and on and on. Now, that sounds like a, a normal speed guy, right? Yes. Okay, good, because that was Shelton Gibson's draft profile, and that's the same exact one that they're going to write for Jalen Rager. And listen, I understand that. I I, I don't think speed, it it needs to be uh, in this Eagles offense. Not disagreeing with that. 
but well, I would also that, highlight yeah. well, that Shelton Gibson had a huge pass interference call down the, well, down the uh, side. Regardless, down the also just be. I, I'm, but just here's saying. the thing: just because Sheldon Gibson didn't work out doesn't mean you don't draft fast guys. Also, Sheldon Gibson a fifth round pick. Maybe use your first and second round picks on fast guys. Go get the fastest guys, the better athlete fast you. guys. I, no, I'm I'm it's with Elliot. Great way I'm with Elliot here. I'm not saying I would just go get guys who are fast and that's it. Like I'm not saying don't look at their tape. I'm not saying don't look at the other stuff they can do. But this team has to get faster. He's not wrong. This team has to get faster. That is where the NFL's at. That's what the Ravens did. I mean, look at the Ravens. That's what they yes. did. They got fast. Yes. No, absolutely. But what the Eagles have done is lean on production and not like, we can teach these guys to branch out and become, you know, because of our great wide receiver coaches or our great offensive coordinators that hang around. Like, I think that's why they've leaned that way. And that's a big part of, of this offseason, too. And obviously, we've been talking about it. Um, but, Elliot, getting to that, uh, and I'm sure that there's there's more points about, you know, drafting style, how, how we should kind of look at things. There's a name that kind of popped out there in Tom Pelsaro. Uh, from Tom Pelsaro, uh, and just you know, mentioned James Urban, who's got a rich history uh, with uh, the Eagles. Uh, the funny thing about him is, I remember him turning down the. It was either the offensive coordinator position or the assistant OC or assistant head coach or something like that during the Dream Team, and he left. He's like, "I'm good. I'm going to go be a wide receiver coach for the Bengals." And then he goes to the Ravens. He gets a lot of credit for you know helping. Lamar Jackson and all of that. And in terms of like familiarity and outside eye, he hasn't been with the organization since 2011. I think that's a perfect name to at least bring in and consider here, Elliot. Uh, I wasn't sure mm -hmm. what your take was on James Urban. Yeah. I mean, he was one of my top three guys coming into the once they fired grow that I wanted them to bring in. And honestly, the reason I wanted them to bring him in is because of his background. Like, I love the fact that he was in Baltimore uh, with Greg Roman. I love that he would bring that element to Philadelphia. Now, Carson is not Lamar Jackson. Nobody else in the NFL is. I'm not saying you're going to run those type of plays, but I just want a fresh set of ideas and come in here and maybe five or six plays a game are built out of those concepts and it just throws up other, it throws off the opposing defense. I just I don't want like the same type of coach. So I would love him coming in here. Like you said he's a history with the organization. Now, if I remember correctly, he left because Doug Peterson got the quarterback correct. job. I believe and, uh, that's correct. I'm not 100% sure, but I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, he left because Doug got the quarterback job. He had to go to Cincinnati, coach the receivers, and then he eventually did move back to quarterback. But so I don't know how much interest he would have in coming back here. Maybe there's hard feelings. Who knows? I mean, I think he'd be pretty foolish to turn down an offensive yeah, coordinator yeah. job in Philadelphia. Now, you're not going to call the plays, and that's not ideal for him. But I, I would, from the Eagles' perspective, I would love it. Well, I think you kind of hit on something there is that, that you know, it kind of limits your candidates, right? If if there are guys yeah. out there who would be, whether it's, you know, former coaches, the Jay Gruden's or whatever, those are the guys who probably would prefer to call their own plays where they go. So I think it's a really good point that someone, you're elevating someone from a quarterback coach spot, he's getting a, a, a jump regardless. So maybe someone would be less upset about not calling plays. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not going to pretend like I know a ton about James Urban. I know what I've read and all that. I will say that when the tweet came out, if you look at the comments, Ravens fans were apoplectic. They were like, we can't lose this guy. So that <laughs> yeah. makes me want him. Yeah. Um, that's a very rudimentary way, but I always feel like if the team that you're stealing, the player from, the coach from, whatever, if the fans of that team are, are, are super upset about it, 
usually are getting someone good. Yeah, and of the... And, and, oh, sorry, go ahead, buddy. And I'll also say that, you know, obviously the majority of draft people were wrong about Lamar Jackson coming out. He's clearly better than a lot of people thought. He should not have been the 32nd pick in the draft. Well, he but, should have been the first pick, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, right, obviously. But I guess, oh, regardless, it's clear that he has improved. I mean, the, the Ravens deserve a lot of credit for helping him come along. And that's not a shot at Lamar. That's just praise for the coaches. So if you want to say that he took Lamar Jackson from what he was coming out of the draft to now being the NFL MVP of the league, I mean, I couldn't imagine anybody better to work with Carson. Yeah. And they, they're two different players, but I think Urban, he really hits two things that are really important. A, he brings a fresh set of ideas, and B, you can make the argument he's one of the best quarterback coaches in the league right now just because of what he's done with Lamar. Well, right. That's a that's a good you know story to sell just because we we don't exactly know, but I, I'm with it like that. There, there's clear improvement with it. How much credit you want to give to him is is really up to you guys. But I think that's a great sign, you know, and to see the success of the Ravens who kind of organizationally took on this thing and be like, all right, we can't do this anymore. We've got this quarterback here on and on and on. Uh, and and they took Lamar Jackson to an MVP level. I don't think there's any kind of doubt about that. He's my, my leading guy. Uh, and it seems as though like the in-house candidates are starting to get mentioned a, a little more here. Like, you know, Deuce's name is starting to, to roll up a little more. Press Taylor has been pretty adamant. And, and now if, in that, by too, the way, is that if just they like go, garbage? If they, uh, Howard Eskin said it today on the Midday Show, yeah. too. Uh, if they go Press Taylor over Deuce Daly. Wow, are you going to see a lot of pissed off I people? mean, come I'll on. I'll be pissed off. I'll be mad point. about that. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know how Deuce, uh, I know he's a Sifton head coach or whatever BS. Like, if I'm Deuce, I'm like, peace. All right, I'm out. I'll go somewhere else. <laughs> well... So, so I would, I would not promote either. Either neither of them would be my choice. Yeah. I would hire from the outside, and I think Deuce has a better chance. But I mean, Press Taylor is the quarterback coach. They've shown they very much value a history of quarterback play or coaching when it comes to this position. I mean, Frank Reich, Mike Grow, they're really high on Filippo, right? Like, so obviously Doug is a former quarterback. So the idea of them promoting Press is is not crazy. I would be very disappointed in that. I would also say like how bad was Mike grow to them if they're just promoting press? Like yeah. I don't see what that feels like having the same guy basically just, just moving up. So I wouldn't like the hire, but I do think like he makes a lot of sense in their eyes more so than deuce does. I, I would be like, what is, and, and I don't mean this as a, as a down, but what is Deuce Staley bringing to Carson Wentz? Like if he's the offensive coordinator, what is what is he bringing to Carson that he is not seeing in his eyes? And the same with to your argument in, in terms of you know forget about experience. Like he's the one that works closely with Carson there, regardless to go and prove them. Uh, that has to be what the offensive coordinator is. They basically have to be a an elevated QB coach. Um, and like we've been all saying, like there's no there's no reason that an outside guy would come there because you're not calling your own plays. Press doesn't have to really do much else probably than what he's doing now. So, so I, I, but, but I think he, it'd be a horrendous choice. I, I say that Press saying Taylor. this. And well, I would, ta he, I would either, take Deuce over Press Taylor, even with what you guys are saying. Yeah. I would take Deuce over him. What he brings is way more experience. Way played in the NFL. All these true. different things. Like that's what Deuce brings. He brings yeah. a photographic memory of, of plays like Richie has talked about before. He's Rich John Richie said Deuce tell he's the smartest player he's ever played with, period at any position. Like yeah. I, I like I don't even think it's a I think Deuce is eight trillion times more qualified so for this job I. than Preston. So Taylor. do I, but if either one get hired, I'll be 
pissed. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'll be I'm more not. Pissed I, if neither, he's neither, I, yeah. As Elliot said, neither is my top choice. Yeah, and I, again, I would, I would pick Deuce over Press. I was more just saying how I think they'll see it from their eyes, right. which yeah. is the quarterback thing. And in the quote from Richie, from John Richie, obviously for, played for the Eagles for those that for whatever reason might not know who we're talking about. The quote <laughs> you said, James, about him being the smartest player he's ever played with, like almost single-handedly changed my opinion on Deuce. Like yeah. prior to that, I, I would say I would, I would have basically no interest in promoting Deuce at all. But I don't know. I mean, just because you're not a former quarterback doesn't mean you can't bring things to to Carson. And I, your point is still fair, John. Like I, that would be my biggest hesitation: is what is Deuce doing for Carson? But who knows? I mean, if he's really the smartest player Richie's ever played with, Richie's played with a lot of quarterbacks. He's played with all types of different positions. Maybe he would do a good job with Carson if he got his hands on him. He's done a great job with the running backs. So I don't know. I I wouldn't be my first choice again, but I'd be interested in seeing it. Yeah, it's something um, that we're obviously all going to kind of keep an eye on here, and I'm I'm dying for more names because I think we've really only heard two outside names, and then obviously one of those names goes and becomes the quarterback coach. Well, in Jim Chicago. Caldwell too. We heard Caldwell, originally. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but but we haven't heard that they're they're interviewing him, right? No, just no, no. Just names fit. that have come out: yeah. Caldwell, Nurbin, and obviously Flip. And for those that are asking uh, or wondering why, like John D. Filippo would take a, a QB. Job. I thought James had a really good point before we went on the air today. Uh, of you know, just if if you can, based on his. Oh history, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to fix Trubisky. Like if you, yeah. I, I think it's pretty clear that I mean, John DiFilippo has lost three offensive coordinator jobs in five years, and two in the last two years he's been fired from, and that is tough to come back from. I mean, who's going to want to hire John DiFilippo as his, as their offensive coordinator? A lot of personality. I think he probably had a ton yeah. of opportunities to be a Q, QB coach somewhere. And he said, all right, well, I could go work with Carson Wentz. I've already done that. They know Carson Wentz is way further yep. along. Or I could go take Mitch Trubisky and save his career. <laughs> and like, then somebody's going to And then someone's going to be like, wow, <laughs> that guy saved Mitch Trubisky's career. Yeah. I think that, that there's a lot more upside for DiFilippo with that mm. job. To me, this read, and I haven't looked into it, but like to me, this read is the Eagles didn't want D. Filippo. I think if if D. Filippo had a chance to be the offensive coordinator here, he would go there over going to Chicago. No, uh, look, I, I, they didn't want him as their OC. You think they might have right. taken him as their quarterback coach? Is my point. Like it's possible. We don't. Oh know. yeah, no, okay. That's what know. I'm trying to say. I'm saying that he. No, I, I agree. Okay. I don't think John DiFilippo had any offers to be an offensive coordinator, or else he would have yep. gone somewhere as an offensive coordinator. And I'm pretty sure Carson said, "I'm good." <laughs> well, I don't. I'm not for sure. I'm just saying. You know, yeah. I'm just totally, totally guessing on there. But I, it, if I was to pick a guy that was really hard on me, I wouldn't pick a guy that was really hard on yeah, me. Yeah, but just made That's me all. great. Whatever. Yeah, no big. Yeah, I was gonna say only made him. <laughs> Almost NFL MVP, <laughs> um, but I, uh, I, I, I think that's exactly what happened there. There's nothing that you're going to be able to prove in John DeFilippo's stance, and I don't think that they just, you know, I, he's got this now new reputation of like, oh, he's a real tough guy to work with. When two years before he landed on the Eagles, like this is one of the greatest teachers I've I've ever been with, and Derek Carr's raving and saying this is one of the best coaches I've ever had. Carson was saying the same thing, and that's how quickly like you can go from wow John D. Filippo to like oh John D. Filippo, he's been fired a couple of times. How good really is he? It's amazing how that just kind of turns around in the last couple of years here. Uh, Andrew Barry um is is interviewing with uh, the Browns on Friday. Um, I don't. Do you guys think there's going to be any front office impact? 
with that real quickly? I, I don't. I don't. No. I think the VP no. of personnel is the same like Doug in his offensive coordinator position. It doesn't really matter uh, in terms of like decision making and all those other things. So um, a lot to keep on, uh, you know, keeping up with with all that stuff. But I'm really curious on some of these names on uh, Elliot's stay or go list for, you know, impending free agents here that he uh, uh, wrote. Uh, when was that last week there, bud? They all blend together now, yeah. but probably last week. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought there was a couple of interesting names here. I think Jason Peters is at the the, the front part of, of every discussion. Seems like we've been doing that every year. But this – and I tried to <laughs> actually sell him like two years uh, earlier, and that was not great. Um, and I think now's the time, though. I agree with you full-heartedly here, Elliot. Like this is – you didn't draft a future left tackle to make him sit – for two years, uh, and mm-hmm. and I, I'm ready for Jason to go. I don't care if he's got stuff left in the tank, which he clearly does, uh, that the owner's his best friend, and on and on and on here. Yeah, I don't think we could just gloss over the owner's his best friend. I no, we I, can't. I, you know, I'm with you. Again, I think all three of us are us. ready. Yeah. I know, and Elliot's, Elliot's been more towards the, uh, you know, Peters has played really well side of things, and, and I get it, but I, I, I am definitely ready to move on from Jason Peters. It's time to... to give Dillard the job and move forward. But again, until Jeffrey Lurie, Jason Peters wants to play football and can do it at a, at an acceptable level. And Jeffrey Lurie says, sorry, you're not going to be on my team. I'm not going to believe it's not going to happen. We're going to believe it's going to so happen. My thing, my worry with this is I very rarely hear people say they got to put Andre Dillard in there. Now he's better. Or like they have to put Andre Dillard in now. He'll be an upgrade. I basically hear people say, not you, not really you two, but just in general, like, well, you have to play Andre Dillard now. And that's my worry. I, I get that you have to. I understand that's what they will do. But I just personally have more confidence going into next year with Jason Peters as my left half. Yeah, but hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You just talked about, though, wanting to go young. You said I want this I know. Team- I know. I, I get that. I, I'm just saying in terms of that position, I have more confidence in it. And I'd also say there's a difference between going young at receiver and going young with the blind side of my franchise quarterback. Yeah, but there is a – but why did you draft Andre Dillard then? I, I agree. I, I, <laughs> I agree with you. Like I, I see You're conflicted just, here is yeah. the point. What? You're, You're conflicted. conflicted? Well, I'm, it's more – it's like the, there's no decision to be made. They're going to play Andre Dillard for better or worse. The only point I'm making is – I think Peters played better than people think. I think that people get like, you see the false starts, but like that's one snap out of 60 where yeah. he overall does a pretty good job protecting Carson. Yeah, he had been his bad entire career. Game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I look, Andre Dillard is a question mark and I don't think it's ever good to have a question mark at left tackle. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I get they're going to do it. You have to do it. I, it's just, it becomes the biggest question on the team, arguably going into next year. I'm also okay with the, okay. Jason Peters starts. But the moment that Andre Dillard gets in there and plays well and consistently plays well, if it's a short-term, long-term injury, whatever it is, then like you can't get your job back after that. That's that's my you well, know, saying and, to Jason. And again, Peters. to your point about like you drafted Andre Dillard in the first round, and he is on a rookie contract. I mean, that is an advantage that you have him on the yes. rookie contract. You have to take advantage of that. The whole point of these of getting guys young and playing them is that it gives you an advantage. And again, like, I, I think like it's interesting to talk about, but it's really not even a debate. Like, so they're, you, they're so going you, to you go feel to Andre very Dillard. confident that Jason Peters will not be back next year. 
Do I feel very confident he won't be back next it year? Se- yes, no, I'm I saying, yeah, it confident. seems like you do. Yeah, I'm not I'm not there yet. I hope you're right. I, I, I don't think there's... I, I think in the Eagles' eyes, they've given him multiple chances to play his career out in Philadelphia. Like, they've, they've given oh, yeah. him two deals, I'm pretty sure, where both times they were like, okay, this is it. He's, you know, like, he's going to retire an Eagle. At a certain point, you can't bring him back. Again, this is not... I would still have hesitations about Dillard, but I, I don't think there's almost... A, like maybe a five percent chance he's wow. back, five ten percent, right, cool. something like that. that. I'm in. That's that's very interesting. Okay, um, here's where I'll, I'll go with James because I agree with Elliot here full heartedly. Nate Sudfeld, yay or nay? And we'll do a couple of these kind of like you know throughout the week. Nay. Yeah, I mean, we're all nay. Are we saying what I would do or what we think the team would do? What we for me, would it's do. both. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I, I'm. I. Okay. I would say that regardless of. The wrist injury, which is something everybody will kind of lean on here. Um, It doesn't seem to me that they were ever confident that Nate Sudfeld could be the backup this year. That's why Josh McCown came in. That's why I think they'll have another either kind of a a guy that has a little bit of upside left, like a Mariota, or just stick with a, a Fitzpatrick or something like that. Like Nate Sudfeld still, just like your argument is with, well, it's it's a guy that really hasn't played left tackle there's only one game one game start under Nate Sudfeld's uh, belt here other than like cleanup duty so I'm like at what point can you be good to go like this is now gonna would be his fourth year developing a backup quarterback right eh? well he hasn't yes but he also hasn't really had a chance to actually do it now I will say my view of him is clearly different what the Eagles feel like the Eagles were trying to sign Josh McCown prior to the wrist injury. The wrist injury just expedited things and made them have to go all in for Josh McCown. But they have clearly soured on Josh McCown, uh, on uh, Sudfeld. So I don't think he's going to be back. I would bring Sudfeld back just because I think he's, I think he's good. I've seen him in preseason look really good. I see him in training camp look really good. Um, I like him as a backup in in a lot of ways, just in terms of his personality. He knows the offense, those type of things. So I would bring him back, but I don't think he's going to be back unless no one else out there wants him. And he comes back here for basically no guaranteed money and is probably just guaranteed your number three spot because I think they'll bring in a legitimate backup. But I would bring him back. I just don't think they will. Uh, Last one. Uh, and this is this is something I kind of want to drive home all offseason. Kamu Gruje-Hill will not be back in an Eagles uniform. You can't lie to the media, or you can't come out and be like, I was hiding a concussion. Bye. Like, I think that is that is such a detriment to, that could open up so many doors between the Eagles, the NFL, the NFL PA, on and on and on. I, I don't think he's back, even though on the field and what he does, he absolutely should be back. But I don't think he's coming back. I don't either. Elliot, I I think he will go whoever to whoever offers him the most money. Period. Like I, I, right. I think he'll Parker go there is saying now. the Eagles will not be the one to offer him the most money. Is his point? They're, he's saying the I Eagles thought, will not want make an him offer. back. I don't think they'll make an offer. Yeah, I, I would I would probably agree with that. Yes. Now, if they get rid of Nigel, maybe, but I don't think you can go into next season with Nate Gary, uh, T.J. Edwards, and a rookie as your top linebackers. I think so, the Eagles can. <laughs> I think the Eagles do. I mean, or Jim Schwartz or whoever. Yeah, but Camus going to be pretty cheap. I mean, he was a special teams captain this year. They really like him. Uh, I don't think the concussion thing will have anything to do with it. I, I mean, I, it, he'll come back if they still if if they still like him as a player. I mean, they clearly like him as a person. He was voted a captain, like I said. So, I, I think 
I honestly think this one's like pretty 50-50. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one to watch um, for sure. Uh, just some some quick things before we uh, we wrap up here. We'll keep it short. We've got a, a full Saturday show to kind of dive uh, even a little more into this as well. But, I mean, if you guys haven't heard already, February 7th, it's Eagles All or Nothing, baby. How about that on Amazon Prime? Just small claps. Small claps? Yeah. Small claps. <laughs> Give it a golf clap. <laughs> All right. Here's where you should clap big. Okay? This is We're telling you this now. There is like a 98% chance that the Go Birds podcast is in the All or Nothing series. Now, that's something we can clap about, baby. Still, still See, I have a very different going, mindset I'm of that. Like, golf I'm worried golf that. Yeah, I would, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm okay with it. It's whatever. But if we end up on the cutting room floor, just know that there was a film crew two or three times during the season that, hey, might be pretty cool to see us. Really, the main event is this is what you need to pay attention for. So at one of the, I believe it was the, right before the Green Bay game, wasn't it? Um, we, there was, I don't remember. Was, Dallas. was it Dallas? There were two guys, didn't know each other at all. Me and James just started our show, and they just fucking went at it. Yeah, it was for great. For 15 it minutes. It was awesome. And the, the, all of a sudden, all the NFL Films crew just went, wait a minute, I'm just going to move this boom mic over here. And then set. And they were just going at it um, back and forth. I think that was when Rob Dumphy was there. And we got, the, if you don't know Rob, the, the infamous uh, Philly tattoo on my stomach and I'm everywhere guy. I think that was the first day we met him, too. So there is a chance. The Go Birds crew is is in it, and maybe uh, yeah, we should do if if anything, I will uh, a, a digital watch party or something like that. If we know, we'll let you know. It'll be pretty fun. So I, I think there's a very good chance that the end of this series, because I would imagine a lot of players are going to watch it, that there are going to be players that are mad at me. That that's my <laughs> takeaway from what's probably going to happen. Like. <laughs> Why is there? So, is, are they just getting all of the audio of all the Wentz criticisms and just? Well, I mean, we all know what? like I have the hottest takes of all Philly media Eagles members. <laughs> so like, if you're looking for somebody with hot takes that's like good for storylines, I can't imagine anybody better than me ripping different people each yeah, week. So, I, yeah, it'll be at least you won't be the one saying they're going to win the Super Bowl like a, a thousand yeah, times. I'm <laughs> sure that'll get in there. Well, I think that, yeah, I, I mean, I'll end up being correct with what I say, but like, you know, <laughs> anyway, just <laughs> should be exciting. I am happy it comes out all at once, though. Like, I love the binge watching. I don't want yeah, to have too. to wait each week. Yeah, same. It's a, it's a good move there. Uh, Amazon Prime. And will we be doing reviews of the show? Absolutely, because it comes out February 7th. And there's not much that's probably going to happen in those two weeks. And as soon as I say that, it'll probably be mayhem, like leading yeah, up to Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing reviews. You can do reviews. Uh, all right. I'll do, we'll do, we'll do a, a, a review and episode you know, as we go along there. And we'll obviously start with the one that we're in if we're in it. So um, uh, can, I, can I drop a uh, an off-season rule I, I have I would I've love made it. for myself? Please. Okay. I don't want to see anybody tweet Howie season. Like, it's over. It's stupid. Howie has dropped that label. None of his moves work out. When he, when they sign some linebacker that a pro football focus or, like, there's some crazy advanced stat about, I don't want to see people tweeting it like, oh, Howie did it again. Howie is on probation. There is no Howie season. Wow. That is my rule for I this. I can sign that. I think that's good. Yeah, I think that's good, too. Yeah. I'm with you. And then when I tweet it back, it's like when Carson beat Dallas, I tweeted franchise swag. He earned that label back. Like, Howie has to earn back Howie season. I like that. I think that's totally fair. I think it's good. And, right. and, glad, and glad to hear. Strong, strong take. And if you somehow disagree with that, 
Uh, you can always leave us a review on the old uh, Apple Pods or, or at just Go tweet how he sees in Adelia. Just, just, yeah. yeah, just tweet how he sees. Yeah, I, I just realized how much you opened yourself up to like every every post. I kind of want to do it and just tag your name in it. So, um, yeah. well, but, I'm sure people will be doing it when he signs some linebacker. They'll end up cutting in week four. <laughs> oh my God, Zach Brown! That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, they'll get a comp pick for it, Elliot. So. Um, yeah, they'll get a comp pick. For it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, a ton to get into this off season obviously um and uh, we've got um already i mean the work never stops here we've got a lot of things that we are trying to plan in for the the new year uh, the new league year and you know for next season all that so happy to have you with us um we will be going through a, a lot of different names and i think the fun way to go through draft prospects is to just I don't know. Everybody takes it too seriously. So I, I think it's time to to take it a little lighter. Um, we won't do the the complete rights to Ricky Sanchez, like YouTube highlights only, but we'll come up with something. I think there's there's a, a lot to get into there. A lot of players we well, want to talk to, Unless we too. get access to film from these colleges, I think all of us will be watching YouTube. Yeah, so yeah I think- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, certainly a lot to uh, debate, and uh, glad you guys are with us. There's no off-season here. And uh, we plan on, uh, yeah, I mean, like two pods a week. It won't be like seven or 12, but we'll be here for emergencies and things like that. So um, glad you're with us. James, any final thoughts before we uh, we roll out of here? No. <laughs> I, got, I got a final thought. All right. So I think it's really weird when people read two books at the same time. Like one book, that's it. You don't start another book in the middle while you're reading the first book. I'm, I know people that read two books, I'm and I'm just like, I'm generally with you on you, this. I'm here for you. I can yeah, do like, both. You're, you're not I even have, really reading the book. I ha- if no, you're reading well, two you can. You can. I mean, most people I think can handle two books at once. But I, I agree with you. One. I I prefer <laughs> I prefer to stick to one book and finish it before I go to another. But I I have yeah. at a time had two going. But what usually ends up happening is I'll be through one and I'll get one that I just desperately want to read. So I'll just put the other to the side. <laughs> Then read the one right. and go back to it. So ultimately, while technically I have two going, it's really just one. So I co-signed this. Um, I right, want I want to thank uh, 400 Market for giving us some memories here. Yeah, man. But my final thought Eagles is- Eagles won the Super Bowl here. They did, and I'll always appreciate that. But you know what I'll appreciate more? Less swamp ass, computers that work, doors that are actually soundproof. And all of that is coming- in just a matter of hours, and I'm really excited for it. So uh, that is it for Go Birds number 166. Uh, we'll see you Saturday, 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern on the old uh, Sports Radio 94 WIP. For James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks, I'm John Barchard, and uh, thanks for tuning in right here. Radio.com, Sports Radio 94 WIP. As we used to say in the old country, James. Go Birds! Go Birds!